The Jim Channel Podcast, bringing you the big picture on geoscientific information management through interviews and discussions. Hello, welcome to Acquire's podcast, The Jim Channel. I'm Sarah Mitchell. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by Misha Stacker from Acquire. Hi, Misha. Hi there. And our uh, special guest is Zane Prickett. Zane is a director of Unearth. Hi, Zane. Hello. Now, Unearth creates opportunities for entrepreneurs through hackathons, online challenges, and a technology accelerator with the ultimate aim of improving the efficiency and competitiveness of the mining industry. So, Zane, I mean, this is such a cool thing that you're doing um, with Unearthed. Um, now, you've you started in the oil and gas industry. You've got over ten years um, in a experience in a variety of international positions. You're an active member of the Australian technology startup community, uh, a founding board member of Startup WA. You're a past lead GovHack Perth organizer and co-organizer of the Ruby on Rails Oceana Group. That's a really big, um, busy resume of innovation. So for our listeners that might not know about Unearth, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Unearth was born out of a frustration we had uh, with the industry. So I was past long time in the resource space. <clears throat> we came out of that and I wanted to start my own business. So I had a good idea around oil and gas operational efficiency. And so I went off to build a product. Uh, and then I started speaking to the industry and the industry was just not understanding how to engage with a startup. Um, not really interested in some of these smaller players, uh, very risk adverse. And so I was running into a challenge of how do I engage with this large industry? I know they have big challenges. Um, and at the same time, I'm learning all this great new technology from the startup scene, uh, really based around cloud and open source. And I'm seeing the capability, which is pretty substantial. And so I'm, th I'm seeing this massive disconnect. And at the same time, I met Justin Staharsky and Paul Lucy, and we both saw, we all saw the same kind of disconnect between the startups and between the large industry here in, in Australia, the resource industry. So we said, how can we connect them? And that was where the idea of, of Unearth came out. So how about we, we show them what the potential is uh, from the startup, from the innovator community. And so let's run some hackathons. So the first one we did was 2014. We got challenges from Rio Tinto and from Goldfields, opened them up to a bunch of innovators. And so challenges in a massive amount of data. Uh, and we opened those up to innovators in Perth. Uh, 18 teams came along, um, created 18 prototypes uh, and the winning prototype uh, in a weekend was able to do a proof of concept uh, to detect large boulders on site, which uh, at the time was the number one downtime issue for hard rock mining across Australia. So from there, they've continued on. That's now a company, Newton Labs. They have industrial grade accelerometers that detect all kinds of condition changes uh, on trucks and other pieces of equipment. Uh, and they're continuing to move forward, which is good. Uh, since then on Earth is we've we kind of did the first one as a bit of an experiment, um, just really to get the industry to engage and to become more open. Uh, actually, Acquire was was there, front and center, Federico, uh, at the first event, which was great. And they've been literally a supporter from, I, I think, 10 minutes after they, they saw it come out. Um, and so we've, we've continued to grow it. Um, last year, we did five events across Australia in 2015. And then this year we've done nine events, uh, including two international events, one in Cape Town and one in San Francisco. So it's continuing to grow. Uh, we've connected over 150 challenges 
uh, and data to 1,500 plus innovators and entrepreneurs to create over uh, 200 prototypes so far. Excellent. I had the uh, distinct pleasure of being at the uh, final night last year. And my background's technology, so I just love this. You know, I think if you've never been to one, to see teams of people work pretty much around the clock for 54 hours on a problem and then present it and then get judged. And the, um, the energy in the room, the passion for what's going on, it's such a really unique environment. So I can see why people like to get involved and, and I can see how it's going to grow. I mean, anybody that's got any interest in technology and innovation, it's really enticing. Um, and that's that's the perspective from the people that are participating in Unearth. But Misha, um, Zane has said that Acquire's been one of the early supporters. Why, why would a company like Acquire get involved in it? And what do you guys see the benefit of of uh, Unearthed? Yeah, um, well, for us, Unearthed is is really exciting. I mean, the 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 group, the startup, aligns really closely with our with our innovation and collaboration focus. We think that's a really important thing in the industry at the moment. Um, the other thing as well is just seeing what these young young developers are coming out with in in this in the fifty four hours over a weekend. Um, as a company, like we have you know similar, I guess mini hackathons that we do in our own company where we support our developers to work on different solutions other than their everyday um, you know everyday software and everyday work. Um, so, you know, we're always constantly trying to open up, like, let's come up with new ideas, let's look at problems in different ways. And something like Unearth really gives gives that focus to the industry. So, um, you know, again, we've seen some really big, um, really interesting solutions come out to some of these challenges that the industry is facing, and that can only be a good thing. I think one of the great things about Unearth is the industry participation and the mentoring that goes on with people in the industry. I mean, there are a lot of um, young people that are doing this, a lot of people that haven't been in industry yet. So it's a real collaboration and I think, you know, really fantastic um, way for the industry to foster innovation. Now, Zane, you know, we talk about innovation a lot on this podcast, um, productivity, efficiency, these are all kind of big buzzwords in the mining industry at the moment. Um, what innovative trends have you noticed that are emerging? And and I guess the second part of that is, do you, do you think there really is innovation going on in the industry? Uh, so I think, yes, there is innovation going on within the industry. Uh, the industry's had to go through quite a wild ride. Um, we tell our companies and our participants, we feel like this is kind of the best of times and the worst of times right now. Uh, it's hard to get budget to create what you'd like to create, but it's easy to get attention. People want to make improvements. They want to make changes. They're willing to listen. They're willing to give you time. And for a startup, the best actually is time, less money. If you can get the time to co-create with one of your industry partners, you'll get the best long-term outcome. And eventually you will 100% get them to pay. Uh, I think the industry's changing substantially. And I don't I think it's on the cusp of a big, big change. And for me, I, I see the future is, is kind of mining as a platform. And the, the faster that companies can create their data in a central place and then open that data and that information to the outside um, service suppliers, companies, startups, uh, then that will be the faster they'll change, the faster they'll improve, and the faster they'll innovate. Um, the, the siloed mentality of keeping all the data, all the challenges and everything internal 
will decrease your velocity of change. Uh, and I think that will lead you to fall behind. So the future for me is how do we become, how do you become a mining platform? How do you become much more open? How do you allow small service suppliers or big service suppliers to quickly connect into your operations and start to add value? Excellent. Now, um, I'm hearing a lot of uh, technology terminology there. So um, what do you think the, indus- the mining industry can take from the digital revolution in the consumer space? Uh, so, so uh, again, for me, it goes really back to how do you create an ecosystem, a platform to allow others to improve you? Um, and we've, so we've seen this in Earth substantially. Yes, it takes time to get the data open. Yes, it takes time to get the challenge together. But once you do, you can get 80 plus people wanting to solve it, wanting to make you more efficient. Um, the online challenges, the fact that you go from your current city, your current location to a global market of entrepreneurs, a global market of innovators to, to solve your digital challenges makes it that much faster and it raises the total level of capability. What, what advice would you give to companies? You're talking about open data and open source and a lot of people in the resources industry are used to working in very closed environments. So what advice would you give to people about the advantages of moving from a closed into an open space? It's a good, it's a good question. And I think everybody has to look internally at what they think is, should be closed and what they think should be open. And then I would challenge them to open as much as they can. When you open, when you're more transparent about the data and the information you have, that enables people to solve your challenge and make you more efficient. So you have to take the look of not just, oh, that could be, that could potentially be dangerous, let's not open it. Actually take the look of what happens if we enable that and open that. There needs to be the argument on both sides consistently. And and we've seen, I think, two years ago and then before that, everybody erred on the, on the side of caution, NDAs everywhere, no open data. And with Unearth, we've now done, you know, uh, 40 plus challenges and we haven't had any issues with data and we've gotten some great data sets that are open um, that can make a big impact into the business and have made a big impact. Uh, what do you think the industry is going to look like 10 years from now? Yeah, I so I don't know if I'm 100% qualified to, to answer that question just because... <laughs> In your opinion. Yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I am a bit of an... I was an oil and gas guy. I wasn't a mining guy. Uh, so I, I'm getting into the mining space. But I, I don't... I think the industry is going to look substantially different. Um, I think we spoke briefly about it. The industry has moved, has been driven by people for the last thousands of years. Um, and in 10 years, the industry will be driven by computers. Uh, and that and that's going to make a substantial change to the business models today. If you look at running a truck and you've got a million a million dollars a year per operator for that truck to be able to to operate it around the clock, then you go to make the biggest truck because it costs a lot of money to put somebody to drive it. When all you got to do is put in the proper sensors and program to drive it by itself, and that's orders of magnitude less, uh, you then don't maybe need a big truck. And maybe the economics and the design of the mine changes completely. And I think we're only on the cusp of that. So I think in the next, but in 10 years, Mining will actually be doing probably, my, my, this is a guess, less to equal tonnage, but with substantially less people. 
And what's that going to do for the uh, for the cost of mining and the investment that you have to make in mining? It will go down substantially. Your initial kickoff cost will be much less. Uh, I could see if, depending on how these things are designed in the future, you won't have a thousand different sizes and types of trucks. You could have very much a standardized fleet that scales with um, the size of your operation. I put it back to what I look at. Uh, I think the AWS business model in cloud is a great way to look at a lot of different businesses. Um, you can start with a very simple, very small uh, instance, um, and you can move into a very big, very large application quickly. Uh, you don't have to make a big capital investment up front. It's all service business driven from the beginning. Uh, if those businesses come through, not just in the software side of mining, but come through in the hardware side of mining, we'll see a big change in the next 10 years. Okay, excellent. Now, um, we're, this is a, uh, an economy right now and an industry, a market that's um, at, the, at the bottom of a cycle. What new technologies are you seeing emerging that could help the, natural, the whole natural resources industry in the current market? So I do. I still think open innovation and collaboration is going to be a big deal moving forward. Um, not just solving your industries, but in, co in common places like safety and others solving industry-wide challenges will make things more efficient. Um, I do think data is going to be key. We see in um, in on Earth when you're able to open the data and give easy access, uh, you get all these great solutions back. But the challenge of getting that data in a common place and getting a common way to access it and make it open, that's the challenge today. Uh, but if those things start moving forward, you're going to be able to quickly add uh, new improvements, new algorithms, new applications to your stack to make an improvement in your business quickly. So you're talking a little bit about um, the, the future and the minor of the future, and it sounds like you're saying it's going to be moving away from the big equipment and moving more towards the technology and the data. So how important is data management going to be? Uh, it, it will be critical, but I also think it potentially will get, um, you will have suppliers that manage that for you in the future and suppliers that are globally scalable and really know how to manage that. So I don't, it, it's going, it's critical, but I don't know if it's a massive challenge. Okay, excellent. What, what do you think the miner of the future looks like? That's interesting. So I think if we look at people, I think the minor of the future is going to be different, really, really different. And I, and I think we need to be positive and embrace the change, and we need to support that change. There's a ton of expert expertise and knowledge uh, that's locked in the head of many great mining engineers uh, and mining people out there. We, we need to get that codified into smart applications and then get them trained up to be part of that process of building out those smart applications. Uh, I think the miner of the future will be will be much less hands-on uh, in the field, uh, in the operations, and much more looking at the systems, keeping things maintained. Um, if we look at manufacturing, you know, people don't, in the, in the developed countries like the U.S., people actually don't do much of the manufacturing. They service the robots that do the manufacturing. Uh, in 10 years, mining will be much the same. So what kind of skills do you think people should start looking for? I mean, we suffered a huge skill shortage in the industry a couple of years ago where um, 
engineers, uh, metallurgists, geologists were in high, high demand. What do you think it's gonna, is it going to look like in 10 years or 20 years from now from a, a skills and a staffing viewpoint? I also don't want to get too far ahead of myself on that one. Um, <laughs> I, I do think we need to, the staffing will be less. There will be less people needed. And we should, we should be addressing that early and we should be helping to make that transition positive for everybody. Because what I think the opportunity is, um, WA is uniquely, produ- uniquely positioned in Australia broadly as kind of is being the thought leaders and within the technology space and mining. And so we have an opportunity to build globally significant, and we, we have them through Acquire and, and other great software companies, but build the next generation and support the current generation uh, in building out these globally significant uh, technology companies that will come and be the robots of the, of the future for mining, be the automation uh, of mining for the future. Excellent. So if you had, uh, you know, if we were in utopia here and you could um, you could have things the way that you wanted. How, what, what do you envision as the perfect world for mining? What do you think is um, the environment that we need? We've talked about open source data and more sharing, um, less people. But, um, you know, you're a guy that spends a lot of time in the innovation space. So so what, what's the perfect world look like in, in your world? You know, that's a really interesting question. I probably should be thinking about this more than I have. Uh, it, in the future, I think... Mining that is community-driven, that is successful in extracting the resources, but well managing the land uh, and its people, to me is a kind of utopian future. Um, I think Australia does a good job, could be much better, in supporting the community, engaging the community within the mining operations. Uh, I would like to see that improve and also get exported, and so that the community-driven um, engagement models that we have become better and they become normal everywhere across the world. Zane, what do you think the opportunity is for miners in a down cycle? Uh, so for miners, it's a bit different than for the people that, that move out. So for the miners uh, and for the industry, it is to take a hard look at their operations and make as much improvement as possible. Um, during the up, it's more capital to drive more uh, purchases of equipment to just drive more tonnage. Uh, and now we've got to be really smart and you don't have any more capital. And so you've got to ha- make what you have work better. I think the real opportunity is for uh, all the people that will get laid off uh, and that will get moved past their current jobs um, to not let them just sit on the, si- on the sideline and wait for the next upcycle. Um, the upcycles will be coming less as technology comes back into the process more. Uh, and so it's better if we can get them engaged straight away into a community uh, and try and get them using their knowledge and their skills to build the next generation of products. Uh, There's huge opportunities with machine learning and geology uh, in operations, in automation of all kinds of equipment. Um, There's great green fields for us to develop in Australia. And instead of having people sit on the sidelines, I'd love for them to get engaged, get working on those next those next challenges. So in five to 10 years, uh, they can be leading in those, those opportunities. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really interesting. And I think it's always great to have that look forward and, and to get people thinking, you know, out of the pit and into the future. So thanks so much. Zane. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Misha. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Acquire's podcast, The Gym Channel. Find us at acquire.com.au.